with whatever, right? We don't want to give under compulsion. We want to give cheerfully and generously and worshipfully. But if we're asking how little can I give, how, uh, how not generous can I be and still be okay with God, I think that really is the wrong question to be asking. Hey, welcome to Whitefields Community Church Sermon Extras, our weekly video in which we go a little bit deeper on the sermon and what we talked about on Sunday morning. And you can find us online, whitefieldschurch.com. If you haven't followed us on social media, make sure to do that. If you haven't subscribed on YouTube, what are you doing? Just go do it right now. Just click that button to subscribe. Turn on your notifications. You'll be notified every time we post a video. We generally post twice a week. We post our Sunday sermon, and then we post this sermon extra. Uh, Sometimes we also have missions extras. You're not going to want to miss out on this content, so make sure that you like and subscribe. Hey, so our passage for this past Sunday, we're studying through 2 Corinthians, and as we study through books of the Bible, we sometimes come to those passages which can be a little bit like uncomfortable. I'll just say this, for me as a pastor and leader, a little bit uncomfortable to talk about. I think generally people uh, feel uncomfortable talking about money, but they oftentimes feel even more uncomfortable talking about money in church, and yet, because money is such an important part of our lives, it actually has spiritual importance, right? Implications. How we spend our money reveals what's going on in our hearts, but also the power of money is something which the Bible teaches can be harnessed for good and for God's purposes. So money matters a lot. It it was something that Jesus talked about a lot, something which is talked about in the Old Testament and the New Testament. So this past Sunday, we had a message in which we were talking about that the title was The Act of Grace, which we saw the act of grace is giving because grace is a gift. Therefore, the act of grace, which is a phrase Paul uses twice in this passage, the act of grace is giving. So God is inviting us to participate in the act of grace and be conduits of his grace to the world and to other people. Now, one of the questions that people often ask and that we did not address on Sunday, but which came up in questions after the sermon, and uh, was a question that I want to answer for you, and that's this. Are Christians required to tithe? Now, the tithing means 10%, right? And so the practice of tithing is the giving of 10% of your income to the work of God through the local church. Okay, so this is something that we see in the Old Testament where Jewish people were required to give a tithe, 10% of their income, to the tabernacle and then to the temple. This helped pay the salaries for the priests, helped pay for the costs of keeping the candles burning, the lights on, if you will, in the temple, the baking of the showbread that was uh, done every day in the temple, and whatever other costs they had, you know, renewing the curtains and whatever needed to be done on occasion. Okay, so here's, there are three ways that people have generally answered this question. And let's look at them and consider their validity. Okay, the first way that people have answered this question, are Christians required to tithe? The first way is to say, yes, Christians are required to tithe. Now, the response to that is to say, well, wait a second, isn't that Old Testament law stuff that Christians are not binded to? What's the word I'm looking for there? We're not bound to the Old Testament law, and so therefore... Christians don't have to tithe. That was Old Testament law stuff doesn't apply to us as Christians. That is the pushback to those who say, yes, Christians should 
tithe or are required to tithe. Now, here's how they respond. So those who are in the camp that says, yes, Christians are required to tithe, here's how they respond. They say, if you look at the Bible, here's what you'll notice, that tithing predates the giving of the Mosaic law. And we find the first example of tithing in Genesis chapter 14, where Abraham meets this man named Melchizedek, the king of Salem. Salem in Hebrew means peace. Jerusalem, right? The city of peace. Uh, Salem means peace. So he's the king of peace and meets him. And he gives uh, Abraham this really interesting meal consisting of bread and wine. Curious, right? And in response, it says that Abraham gave him a tithe 10% of all that he had. Now, later on in the Psalms and in Hebrews chapter 7, we are told that Melchizedek was a foreshadowing, if not actually an appearance of Jesus Christ in the Old Testament before he was born in a manger as a baby in Bethlehem. So there, what we see there, we see someone paying a tithe, 10% to Jesus or this precursor to Jesus figure. And the, the, those who are in favor of saying that Christians, yes, are required to tithe, they would point out that the tithing act predates the law. Therefore, even if Christians are not under or not bound by the Mosaic law, we are still bound by this principle which predates the Mosaic law. So that's the first answer. The second answer is to say this, that because there are no explicit uh, rules in the New Testament that say how much Christians should give. We only have principles, right? And those principles, as I mentioned on Sunday, I mentioned three, should be regular, proportional, and worshipful. Well, as we'll see as we get into chapter 9 of 2 Corinthians, they should also be two other things. They should be uh, generous, and it should be done cheerfully, not under compulsion, So those people would say, well, the not under compulsion thing means that you're not required to do it, and yet it is a principle from the Old Testament that we should take heed to very much in the same way as the Sabbath, right? They would say, well, we're not bound by the Sabbath as like a way of getting righteousness or whatever, but it is a principle given to us by God, and it is for our good, and therefore we would do well to take heed to it. Um, And yeah, that would be Basically, that thing, they would say 10% is a good rule of thumb. It's a good principle to follow. It's biblical, and it's proportional. So it matches up with that, um, that, that principle that we have about giving. Okay, the third option is to say, no, you are in no way required uh, to give the New Testament. Basically, uh, it sounds harsh to say this, but basically abolished the requirement to give a tithe or 10%. Instead, you should just give however much you want following the principle. So this is, this is similar to the second view, but with a little bit of nuance. And that would be that they would say, there really is no guide or rule of thumb. You should just give proportionally and generously and cheerfully. Now, here's where I've seen some people in this third response, this camp. They can sometimes, at their worst, tend to go to the case where they, uh, their goal in doing this and saying this is to say, wow, now I don't have to give a tithe. Now I can give much less and still be good with God, if you will, right? And so 
to me, this one, uh, the, the danger with it a little bit is that it tends to be held by people who find it pragmatic. And they say things like, you know, essentially they're asking a question, how much is the least amount that I can give to the work of God through the local church and still be good with God? I think that is the wrong question to be asking. And so with whatever, right, we don't want to give under compulsion. We want to give cheerfully and generously and worshipfully. But if we're asking how little can I give, how uh, how not generous can I be and still be okay with God, I think that really is the wrong question to be asking. Um, and, and you know what, I would tell you, I really believe, and again, we're reading between the lines here, but I believe that the New Testament church, the early church, when they were given these instructions by Paul to give cheerfully and to give generously, I don't think their thing that they responded by was say, yes, finally, we don't have to give 10% of our income. Now we can give 1% or however little we can, and God won't be mad at us. I don't think that was their goal. Rather, we see, for example, that the Macedonian Christians, they not only gave according to their means proportionally, but they gave above their means. Okay, so two further questions that are often asked in this vein of giving and tithing. Uh, one question that's often asked is the question, should you give to the church or should you tithe if you are in debt? Here's my answer to you. And again, this is uh, my answer as a pastor. I, I think it's informed by the Bible, but again, it's, it wouldn't be on the level of Scripture. But I'll tell you my, my two cents, which I do believe to be biblically informed. And that is, I think you should. And, and here's why. Because... If, you know, here's a practical reason. If people who were in debt didn't give, well, the number of people in the United States, for example, who give would be very low because uh, many studies show that the average American carries a balance of three to $6,000 per month on their credit card, not to mention money you might owe on your car or money that you owe on your mortgage. And so the number of Americans who owe money, right, who, who have debt of some kind, is very, very high. So I also believe that in teaching yourself to handle money God's way, that needs to begin now, immediately. It doesn't need to begin at some future date when you have paid off all your debts and bought that second home and done all the other things that you can imagine doing with your money. So the answer to that one, I would say, yes, you should. And you know what? It will cause you to live differently. And that was one of the things I brought up on Sunday. Uh, it will cause you to cut things out of your life. Maybe it will cause you to say, you know what? Instead of this car that has a payment on it, we're going to not have a car payment and we're going to drive older used cars. That's going to change the way you live. Maybe it means that you have to go on vacation differently. Uh, as a result. But I think that's kind of the point, right? Worship involves sacrifice and sacrificing for worthy causes that God calls us to give to, and it should change the way you live. Okay, so the next um, question that people often ask is, um, should I give if I'm struggling to meet my bills right now as it is? Again, my answer to that would be yes. Uh, I've done that in my own life. Uh, 
you know, I, I told a story about when I did that as a young man, I, and I also did that as now um, a grown-upper man, however you put that. So uh, the, the answer is, I, I do think the answer is yes. And I know that's hard to hear, but again, it does mean that you might have to reevaluate some of the spending habits you have and some of the things that you put money towards. Um, and I do think that with that principle of it being proportional, I think that's possible for everyone, right? It might mean cutting back on certain things, but again, that is the point of giving. If you don't feel it, then, um, you know, perhaps that, that needs to be a consideration. Okay. So I know I gave you those three things early on about ways that Christians have answered that question and do answer that question. And you might answer, well, which one's right? Well, I'm not here to tell you that uh, any of those is right. I think they're all uh, pretty good. I'll tell you which one I hold to, and I hold to the second one. But I do believe there is a tithing principle in the Old Testament, which is given for our good, and we would do well to take heed to it. And so, um, personally, that's what I do. I follow that principle. And then there are occasions where I will give above and beyond that to certain causes, right? Like if there's a, uh, right now we're doing this thing to raise money to buy uh, wood-burning stoves for people in Ukraine to make it through the winter, right? So that, in my case, that would be above and beyond what I'm already giving. I wouldn't uh, necessarily divert from that. Um, so, that would be my two cents. I'd love to hear your feedback in the comments. Are you a number one, number two, or a number three? Uh, how do some of these things fall with you? I'd love to have a discussion about these things because uh, that's really the heart of what we're doing here, right? We're considering the scriptures, applying them to our lives, and discussing them as family. So thanks for listening to the Sermon Extra this week. Remember, tune in every week for these videos. Check us out online, whitefieldschurch.com. We'll see you soon.